Welcome to Funeral Potatoes for the Singles Ward. Tune in to today's taboo topic with Kaylee and Tracy. Welcome, everybody. It is part three of our Pride series, and we are super thrilled to be continuing the series. We are thrilled to have you here, and we're thrilled for the guests that we're going to be bringing on board in just a minute. We did want to make sure, though, we did introduce this topic because there is a lot to it. Not that it's, it's, it's really not that complicated of a topic. It's just the fact that it's easily misunderstood. Um, so today we're diving into the concept of individual worth, and we really wanted to be able to do this during Pride series because if you pay attention to any of the church doctrine, especially in the past, like further past, you're going to see material that was like homosexuality is a sin, like it's a bad choice, you're sinning, you're going to go to hell, etc., etc., etc. All the horrible trigger warnings and like threats and really sad and depressing things that nobody deserves to hear. But then at the same time, the church is also saying everyone's a child of God. So it does create a, it's not a complicated, it's a, what's the word, Tracy? Basically, one of those has to be a lie. They cannot coincide. We are going with the truth that is we are children of God who are loved. We are loved by our heavenly parents. They love us. We deserve love. We deserve a place in this world. We deserve a place within the church if we want it. And to be able to accept these things, though, it is very important that we are able to start understanding our own individual worth. It's more than just a cute little phrase that you learn about in personal progress for young women. Yeah, honestly, when we thought about covering this topic, we were thinking about how, you know, as single adults, you kind of find your own sense of self as you come into your own when you become an adult. Like when you're a teenager, you're like just trying to fit in desperately with everybody around you. And so you don't really find your identity until you extract yourself from your high school situation and your old friends and all of that. And you thrust yourself out into the world and you're forced out on your own and you find new ideologies to follow and you find your true interests, you find your true self and you find your own path. And at least for me, because I'm an older single adult now, I feel like I have finally found who I am and my sense of self has grown significantly as I have been working towards figuring out who I am professionally, um, physically, emotionally, and especially spiritually. We really wanted to talk about individual worth in this sense for the LGBTQ plus community because we know from our friends in the church who identify as LGBTQ plus that they really struggled for a long time to find their sense of self, to find their individual worth as members of the church and as LGBTQ plus. And so we wanted to do this episode to really help them recognize that they have individual worth, they have so much worth, and anyone that's listening right now that may inwardly identify as LGBTQ+, but hasn't been able to come out and admit that to the world or to their friends, we want you to recognize that you you matter, you have individual worth, you are so important, and you are so loved. Agreed, exactly. And so individual worth is is all that and even more it's a reminder that we are blessed not just for who we are but for what we can do we have special gifts that are bestowed upon us we have 
blessed opportunities and a divine right to do great things in this lifetime as well as the next. We are capable of doing great things and we have the opportunities before us to act in a like manner. And that's something that I definitely didn't consider when I was in Young Women's and I didn't consider that growing up. And I have had a long journey in discovering who I am And that's hard enough as it is. It's hard enough to do it as a human being. It's hard enough to do it as a woman. And it's hard to do it as a single adult within the church. So to add on that to the LGBTQ plus community with everything that one already faces with the prejudice and the biases and the phobias against that, it's very difficult to be able to find that self-love and that self-understanding that we, we each deserve within our own right. It's So I want to share a quick quote uh, pulled from a BYU talk, BYU speech, um, by Professor Christensen. He gave this back in 2007. It's in a speech titled, Comparing, Competing, and Individual Worth. And so he says, If we ask, what wilt thou have me do? It will remind us of our uniqueness, our individual and infinite worth, and our own divine mission our Heavenly Father expects us to accomplish, regardless of what others accomplish. If we ask, what wilt thou have me do? It will remind us to translate our good intentions and what we know into righteous action. I really like that because I think something we've been trying to highlight during this Pride series is that there is action that needs to be involved when we are listening, when we are seeking to understand, and when we are loving one another. We are required to take action for ourselves and for those around us. And it's just very important to me as I've continued to become who I am today that I am able to constantly keep improving myself because the one thing about individual worth is that it's not always easy. And even when you think you have it one day, it doesn't mean that it's going to be the same in the next day, especially with the battles that we constantly face. And as we know, the church is not exactly inviting or as accepting as it should be to the LGBTQ plus community. And we hope to see progress with that soon, sooner rather than later. Um, And as we work towards that, it's important for all of us, whether we're in the community or allies, that we are seeking to understand ourselves, understand our individual and infinite worth. I really do love that phrase because it's not something that ever goes away, even if we're feeling down on the dumps and hurt by everyone around us. I agree 100%. And I think it boils back down to that perfectly short, sweet scripture in Doctrine and Covenants section 18, verse 10, where it says, remember the worth of souls is great in the sight of God. It doesn't say the worth of white souls or the worth of straight souls or the worth of Republican souls is great in the sight of God. It just says the worth of souls is great in the sight of God. So every soul is of infinite and eternal value to the Lord and to our heavenly parents who love us no matter what. That love is unconditional. They will always love us and our worth for them will always be infinite. And so to kick us into this direction of talking with one of our special guests for this topic of individual worth, we would like to introduce a conversation that we had with a friend of ours from Florida. We want to introduce our guest for this week's episode. Um, This week, we got to have a sit down and chat with a friend of ours from our former singles ward in Orlando, Florida. 
our friend Jesse Mason was so gracious and willing to sit down with us and chat with us about his own journey of individual worth before and after coming out as bisexual and remaining as a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So we're going to turn the time over to our past selves and go into that interview and we'll come back and chat later. Enjoy. All right. Today we have a special guest and friend of the podcast on today. His name is Jesse Meeson. We met Jesse over a year ago in our Orlando ward, and we have watched him grow and change over that time. Jesse graduated from Embry-Riddle with a degree in polemology, which is the study of conflict, and is an amateur writer. He's currently working on a novel and his photography and cinematography around Central Florida. Jesse is also the first counselor in the Elders Quorum Presidency at our former ward, the Buena Vista Young Single Adults Ward. Having recently come out with his story in the LGBTQ plus community, we knew that Jesse would have a lot to say and a lot that we would like to hear. So thank you so much, Jesse. Welcome to our episode of the Pride series. We are so excited to have you on here. We honestly don't know how much you've actually connected with anyone about this topic, so it's really incredible of you to be willing to open up to us. Thank you so much for inviting me on. I, I've been kind of looking for an opportunity to just kind of discuss this because it's, uh, you know, I, I think even, even though I've opened up about it in the church, it's still like a very like not taboo topic, but it's, uh, you know, it's hard to find, uh, you know, people to talk to without like, you know, without getting like too judgmental about things. So it's really awesome. Yeah, it's definitely something that I've noticed recently is that there are so many of us who have voices and they need to be not just heard, but we need to be able to share them. We need to have that opportunity to speak up for ourselves in that way. And so we're really glad and very grateful for you being here, Jesse, so that you can not just share your story, but share everything that you've been learning as you've continued to become more of who you are, which is a beautiful and wonderful, if challenging, journey. So let us dive in. Okay, so as we've kind of hinted at, discussed a little bit so far, is that we really want to emphasize um, today's Pride Series episode on individual worth. So we know that the young women cover this. This is one of our like attribute things within like our whole personal progress thing. So we, we cover it, but I don't know how much the young men ever did. So let's just start out. Was individual worth in any way, shape or form, something that was covered within young men's or anything like that? Um, th- Thinking back to it, really not that much. It's, you know, a lot of, a lot of what we're talking young men is, you know, be strong, you know, like, you know, like kind of follow the whole gender roles of being like, you know, the um, breadwinner and, you know, the man of the house and being a priesthood holder, you know, and a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of those same roles. And, you know, the idea of being sensitive and having like, you know, internal conflict was really not that much. Um, we we learned a little bit about self-worth, but definitely not, not definitely not as much as the young women. For me growing up, it was, a, it was a problem and it caused me to, uh, leave the church for a while just because of I felt being ostracized about a lot of things. Thank you for sharing that. It's such a weird difference. Like Kaylee and I have talked about this before in the past on the podcast and off the podcast about how the differences in the lessons between young men and young women when we all were in youth age 
were like complete worlds apart. Like we were off hearing about obviously the annoying lessons of marriage, law of chastity and being a good wife and divine nature and that sort of stuff. And then we looked at one of the young men's manuals and it was really focused on like priesthood duties, going on a mission, but not actually like giving you materials to prepare you to go on a mission or the doctrine to get you to go on a mission. It was just that. And then law of chastity, law of chastity, law of chastity just beat into you. And so we feel like individual worth is something that's so critical that we are teaching youth, whether they are young men or young women. And we need to be having these conversations about your divine identity and finding your own self-worth. And so as you have grown up, and especially since you've left young men and transitioned into the singles ward and YSA age, how has your definition of individual worth changed or grown in that time? I can share a little bit about my, my upbringing. It was, I was born and raised in the church and, uh, I was always the youngest person in my uh, Sunday school classes and uh, in primary. And so, you know, all the older, older kids picked on me. And so I've just always been used to like having this kind of, you know, low self-esteem and it just kind of, uh, you know, followed me. It followed me through like most of uh, school. It's just kind of, I was the outsider, but just kind of, you know, having a little opinion of myself and not feeling like, you know, not, not knowing where I belong. I feel like, it, I, I think the big, kind of turning point in life was when um, a friend told me to go back to, uh, I, I left the church for a while because I just didn't feel comfortable in the church and I didn't feel like I belonged in the church. And so when a friend of mine came back from his mission, you know, he invited me to go to a seminary or uh, not seminary, institute. So I did, you know, I didn't really think much of it. And then that was kind of the point where I was like reintroduced to the gospel. And I think from there, like I've grown exponentially. I think the big thing is I found out that I always thought I was an introvert and having like become like having grown more self-confidence, like, oh no, I'm actually, I'm actually pretty extrovert and I'm actually willing to, uh, you know, go out my way and kind of make a fool of myself and, you know, be open about a lot of things. It, pa- it paved the way for me to open up more and more about myself and kind of, and finally be able to express my personality. And I think that's something that we are all starting to understand more as we're like becoming adults and we're finding out who we actually are that we're like, oh, this whole thing about my personality from when I was younger or from when I was in my teen years or even for me when I was in my early 20s, this is not who I am now. I have changed. I have grown and I learned who I am equally as like a daughter of God, but also just as an adult, like I figured out who I am and all of those life experiences helped me to get to this point. And so it's really important that we are taking that time to reflect and look back on the growth that we've had and experienced and be like, oh, I'm a completely different person than I was once upon a time and who I am now I'm really proud of and I'm actually a really big fan of. So I'm going to keep being this person and go further. Um, One thing that we have been thinking about in regards to individual worth and the LGBTQ plus community is that there are so many people in the world, both in the church and out of the church, who will tell members of the LGBTQ community that they aren't worthwhile or that they don't matter once they come out as LGBTQ plus. 
So how have you found a deeper knowledge and understanding of your own personal individual worth since coming out? It's been a lot more uh, optimistic, I thought. Um, to kind of open up more about that, it's uh, almost a year ago, I, I opened up about, uh, or it came out of the closet about being bisexual. I, I feel like I was very fortunate that, you know, like my coming out story was very, was very positive. There, there was almost no negative. I got very little negative feedback from members of the church. And, uh, and I think part of it is just because I think, or I feel like being bisexual, it's a lot different than coming out as gay or coming out as lesbian and especially coming out as transgender where it's like, but by, like being bisexual is like the, is like the most socially acceptable of them because it's like, okay, so you're still straight. Yeah. You, know, you just like, you're only like half gay or you're, you're only like half lesbian, but you're still like half straight. And that's like, that's okay. That's cool. I was very surprised by, you know, how positive, you know, the whole experience was. I mean, like you said, like being bisexual can sometimes be seen as being only half gay or something, which then like still kind of provides the concept where it's like, okay, you're only half bad or something, which I, I've seen in a few places, which isn't like the best way to look at it, but it's like the first step of acceptance, which is very necessary, especially within the church where, you know, we're very Christian or like we've worked with that evangelical angle for so long where it's like any type of um, homosexuality is not welcome at all. And so we're slowly taking steps to get to where we need to be, to be more open, to be more accepting um, of everyone, to have to be free of that homophobia, transphobia, and queerphobia, which really is incredible. So thank you very much for sharing that. Um, so it's great to see that you've been able to take yourself on a journey to become more of who you are, to become who you really have been all along, which is incredible. One of the big themes on our podcast is being single. Um, you know, we were all in the single store together. And so you definitely want to like be able to rope that in because especially within the LDS church, you're really only considered having worth as you get older if you're married. And currently, the only acceptable form of marriage is between a man and a woman, which does make it difficult or at least a little complicated for those within the LGBTQ plus community. So as a single adult and in the LGBTQ plus community, how, how have you begun to acknowledge and appreciate your individual worth? and being able to let go of the stigmas that, you know, the church has already always relied on. As we, as a church starts to shed things, you're shedding things, how have you been able to appreciate your individual worth? Um, that's a, that's a very good question. And it's a question that it, like, it's gonna be very different for me because I am bisexual. And so, you know, like conventional marriage is still something I still strive for. There's a big stigma with when it comes to being bisexual where you're never going to be enough for a lot of people where it's, for me, it's like, I always say I'm about 80% straight and like 20% gay. And there's like, there's like, oh, well, you know, if you're bisexual, then you have to look men. And it's, you know, it's just a big stigma that uh, I think comes with it. And I know I tend to interpret bisexuality as more of, it's not so much attraction, but it's more of, you know, personal personality traits. Thank you for sharing that. In the episode with Brother Osler, he talked about how, you know, we want to have in the future, we want to see a church that offers everybody the same experience, whether you're gay, straight, trans, anything. So if you, Jesse, decided to marry a man, or if I decided to marry a woman, 
we would all have the same experience and same journey essentially in the church as straight members of the church where we would be able to have our spouse at church, have our kids there and go to the temple and be sealed with our families. Now that is something that we all, at least Kaylee and I really hope for. And we know that brother Osler has that hope also for the future. And it's okay to have that hope and that desire that we can grow and we can get to that point as a church. And we can get to that point as a faith community. He specifically said that he doesn't, you know, petition or, protest or push for that change because he's not trying to force the will of the Lord onto the Lord's church. Thinking about that and thinking about how we have grown just as adults, I think a big thing that we can think about with moving into this space and into this future that we're hoping for is finding ways that we can continue to grow and develop our individual worth and to develop our testimonies of the gospel of Jesus Christ and how those things can kind of blend together more tightly and help us to become better disciples of Jesus Christ no matter what. So we mentioned earlier at the beginning of this episode that you are the first counselor in the elders quorum presidency in your singles ward. Because you're in that position of leadership for the men in your singles ward, what are some things that you have either advised them to do or you are doing personally to help enhance your testimony and to grow closer to the Savior and develop your individual worth as a son of God? Um, well, one of the very first things is um, we, we recently got a new bishop in the way of this ward, and he was one of the very first people who I went to when, when uh, I opened a battle up, and, and he was totally supportive and so when I was uh you know called to be the first counselor with the with the, the new elders quorum presidency it was one of the things that I brought up you know it's uh, I'm very fortunate where because I opened up um I know other people within the war who who are either are not as open as I am or you know are not ready to open up about that and but they have spoken about with me for uh you know advice and wisdom I feel like what the position is I can, you know, I, I can, I can be an example that not only can you be a strong member of the church, you can also have, you know, priesthood positions and, you know, frenzy callings and still be a member of the community. You know, one of the things I kind of like made my priority is, you know, is that there are members of our ward who they don't feel welcome just because they are afraid of the stigma that might come if, if uh, others learn that they are LGBT and they either are going to remain in a closet out or they don't want to come to church out of fear of being ostracized. I made it a priority with our Elskorn that's like, you know what? We need to kind of reach out to these people and show that they are welcome within the war and show that they are beloved da- sons and daughters of Heavenly Father and that they have worked with here and that we want to hear their thoughts. And uh, to kind of not go on another tangent about this, but I know for me was when I was still in the closet about this kind of stuff. It was... I, didn't, I, I was in the same book where I didn't feel like I belonged. And the, the adversary used that weakness. My fear kind of got at me. And it's, uh, it kind of reminds me of, um, it's either the Jedi code or it's the Sith code where it's hate leads to destruction. And that's kind of my path when I fell away from the church is, you know, that fear turned anger. I like, I became angry at God. And then I became, you know, I had a hatred towards him. And then I was like, was that like destruction here? Not like, not just self-destruction, but kind of destruction of the church. It wasn't until like, I came back, it's like, oh no, it's 
you know, I, I'm one of Heavenly Father's sons, and you know, and that you know, he loves me regardless of anything because he created me that way. I shouldn't be afraid to be afraid. So, and it's, it's kind of what I've uh, kind of told these members, and you know, I can't just be the voice that these other elders who are straight that they need to be the ones to fellowship because you know it needs to be the ones who are normal members of the church not to maybe not normal normal is probably not the best word but you know it needs to be these people who gender normative sexually normative they need to be the ones to kind of like reach out with the olive branch and invite them back and bring them into the fold because because they are the because they're the ones who you know these members are most afraid about opening up so, so these normative members do it then then those members who are still in the closet or still don't feel welcome that they will know that they're welcome from the ward i think that's wonderful and i really like how you said it how it's not on um it's not about the lgbtq plus community it's not about the the less actives or anyone else who's having problems with the church to to just try and do everything on their own. It's up to members of the church. It's up to everyone else to show that they are supporting one another, that they have open arms, that they're going to let go of their bias, let go of their phobias, and to deliberately and actively work on welcoming people into the fold and making room for them, which is very important. Um, Especially because when you get into social justice, it's often like, okay, make this marginalized person teach me everything that I don't know and that's not that's not everyone's job we need to be doing what we can to support one another in that manner so I really appreciate what you said on that Jesse that's something that normative members can be doing to help one another for those who are part of the LGBTQ plus community for those who are on the singles ward and are struggling with their identities what advice do you have for these people so that they can begin to better understand their individual worth and develop it for themselves. That's a that's a really hard question because you know again I feel like being bisexual is a lot different than being gay and being lesbian. Um, I think it's just you know learn learn to be yourself and learn that you are loved and learn that being yourself is not wrong. I feel like a lot of gay and lesbian members and transgender members that they feel like they are born in sin. They feel ashamed of that. And they just need to learn and understand that it's like, no, you're, you were created with these traits and there's nothing wrong with that. You were created with that purpose. Even though I fully stand with the church when it comes to law chastity and the family proclamation, you know, the conventional family union, that you can be a very strong member of the church and be gay and be lesbian and, and just be yourself. And, and don't let others discourage you from being yourself. And, you know, be proud, be proud of who you are. I think that's great advice that you just offered, Jesse. I think that's something that we've been really trying to get across this entire month of our Pride series is that you don't have to be ashamed to be who you are. A lot, actually all of our guests this month have said the same thing, that Heavenly Father did not make a mistake when he created you as a member of the LGBTQ community. The Lord can't be surprised. The Lord can't be thrown off or make a mistake. And he made you exactly the way that you were meant to be made. And so if you are a member of the church who is out there struggling with your identity as a member of the LGBTQ community, we want to remind you once again that 
the Lord loves you and that he is mindful of you and that you are perfect the way you are. I mean, not completely perfect because nobody can be perfect, but like you were created the way you were supposed to be created. That's what I'm trying to say. We'll eventually come into our own and we will all get to that point where we are comfortable with who we are. And the journey getting there is the really challenging part, but that it is our job as, as you were saying, the heteronormative members of the church to create those environments of inclusion and belonging and welcoming like you're doing with your elders quorum to make sure that our LGBTQ siblings in the church know that they are going to be loved and supported and cared for whether or not they choose to come out and say that they identify as LGBTQ+. So I think that this is something that we can all work on and we can all focus on improving in our wards. And the best place to start that is in your own self. And we've talked about that today and we've talked about that throughout this month of just emptying your hard drive, unloading those biases that you have, thinking about the conflicts, you know? Yes, it might seem like a conflict of interest to be a strong member of the church, but to also support the LGBTQ community because our church preaches the opposite. It kind of preaches that we need to focus on heteronormative marriages and families, but we can still be members of the church, strong members of the church with a testimony of the gospel and support our LGBTQ siblings in and out of the church. Thank you so much for sharing all of that advice and for helping us to remember that we can do that. We can still be strong members of the church and we can still identify as or support the LGBTQ plus community. Seriously, thank you, Jesse, for joining us today and for sharing all of your insights. We really appreciate you speaking up and sharing your story. Thank you so much for your, uh, you know, allow, allow me the privilege of uh, kind of discussing this. You know, it's just so wonderful to have a, you know, an actual conversation about this and, you know, allow a uh, comprehensive discussion. Well, thank you again for joining us today and for being open and honest with us. We are so grateful that we got to have this chat with you and yes, to discuss more about individual worth and finding your individual worth and in your way. identity as a member of the church and as a member who identifies as LGBTQ+. So thank you again, Jesse, for joining us. All right. We are so grateful that we were able to have that chat with Jesse. We really hope that you were able to get some takeaways from this as you heard his story and that you've begun to comprehend at least a little bit, um, if not a lot, about your individual worth, about your infinite worth, because it's very important that we are continuously taking action to love ourselves, to take care of ourselves, and to seek that relationship with our heavenly parents while still being true to who we are. Yeah, I agree. I loved how he shared what he's doing in his elders quorum right? about making pockets of inclusion and making sure that they are ministering to their LGBTQ members in the ward and making sure that it's not just the presidency that is out there ministering and on the front lines and sharing the feeling of inclusion and belonging with the members of the church and in their ward, but it's everyone, all of the men in the ward are taking that initiative and going forth and making those environments of inclusion. And so I'm really, I'm really proud of our little ward 
because it was not entirely like that when we left. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. There is growth and that is so important. Yeah. So great. Honestly, like after hearing that, I feel so much hope knowing that people's hearts can change and seeing that change happen because I know we talked about this on our episode with Brother Osler, how we tried to make that environment with the Relief Society and we saw that great growth and that change happen in our Relief Society while we were there. But we didn't see that side from the Elders Quorum and it was very challenging to make the whole ward cohesive when only half of it was involved in the unity process and the other half was kind of lacking. It's so exciting and it's so invigorating for my heart and my feelings and everything <laughs> to yes. see that the Elders Quorum is stepping up in this in this little area of Florida and trying to be better and trying to be more inclusive. So if our little singles ward in Orlando, Florida can do it, then there's no reason that your ward can't do it also. And it all starts with one person making that stand and saying that we need to be more inclusive and we, we're going to start right here and making those changes happen. Amen to that. Right here, right now. Let's all do it. Yeah. We need that. So thank you, Jesse. Thank you, for everyone, for listening. We are so grateful to be doing this series. It really does mean a lot to us, and we hope that you've been enjoying this as well, and we really hope that you are taking care of yourself, that you're loving yourself, and we hope that you tune in for next week's episode as well, because that's also going to be good. So It's going to be so great. <laughs> it's going to be great, you guys. <laughs> Thank you guys again for listening. We'll see you next week. Thank you. Bye. Bye.